On this episode of Creepy Cheesemen, we will briefly explore some stories from the family that once lived on a ranch in Utah that they claimed is cursed. Aliens, creatures, unexplained occurrences, and so much more. Also, I sit down with a local band who wrote music inspired by the strange happenings on Skinwalker Ranch. They share what they know, as well as share some creepy experiences. Come join in if you dare. Hola mi gente, bienvenidos. I'm your host Lore, and this is Creepy Chisme. Some stories and info are not suitable for all, especially young children. Listen at your own risk. Hola, mi gente. Wow. It's been a long time since you heard that, all right? ¿Cómo están todos? I have missed you so much, so, so, so much. And I appreciate all of the lovely messages. Load it. When is season three starting? I can't wait anymore. Somebody even was like, you know, the last time you posted was in December. It has been a nice break. Um, But don't get it wrong. Don't get it wrong, y'all. I have been working my booty off. Oh, yes. I have been researching and writing some outlines for the season. And it's exciting. When I tell you, some of these topics I've never heard on any podcast before. So I'm super excited. And just to dive in, and I have a lot of guests lined up, and I'm still reaching out to guests. Um, If I haven't reached out to you and I told you I would, I will, I promise. I just want to get the right episode for you, so I probably haven't found a topic yet that I wanted to have you on for. So don't fret. If I promised you, you're going to be on, I swear. So yeah, uh, this season I want to have a lot more guests on. If I sound a little stuffy, y'all, I'm sorry. You're okay. Let me tell you something. Let's do a little catch up with Lore. If you're new here, hello, my name's Lore. I'm the host of Creepy Cheesemen. <laughs> but if you're new here, I'm a teacher, so I work at a school. And of course, schools, well, most schools, they get the two weeks off in December for the holiday. Most of my family went to Mexico for the holiday, so I, it was just me and my brother and my nephew who I help raise the last day before I was supposed to go back. I had the worst cough, like the worst cold, nothing else, just cough cold. And I felt miserable. So we just had two weeks off. We shouldn't be calling off the next, you know, the first day back. But I was like, you know what, I'm going to call off. And if they need a doctor's note, I'll just take my sick ass to the doctor and get a doctor's note. Anyway, the story is taking too long. (laughs) Welcome back, (laughs) y'all. Anyway, so I... Ended up staying home the next day and then I just felt super bad, like so, so bad. So I took a COVID test and this bitch COVID showed up again because y'all know I had it a year ago for Christmas. Yeah, same time. Crazy. She showed up again, but she infected all of us. She infected my brother, my nephew. Thankfully, my brother had it the worst, but thankfully, like we were all okay. It was gone within about a week and I got myself an extra week of vacation. Which kind of sucked because I was sick. But ever since then, so that was like the beginning of January. Ever since then, I've never fully recovered. 
And then there are so many diseases, viruses going around and I work in a school so it's like a germ fest. I've caught everything. I have caught strep. I have caught throat infect. I mean, it's, it's disgusting. Kids are so germy. I haven't been sick for more than two weeks now, but I still have like TMI, like I'm mucusy, like it's gross. It's disgusting and I just want it to be gone. So if I sound a little stuffy, there you go. That's why. Moving on. Anyway, yeah, not too much going on in my life. Um, I'm sure down the line during the season, I'll share a little more with you guys of, you know, I always like to share little things that are happening in my life, but it's been a while. Oh, it's been a while and I could hold my, what song is that? I can't think of the name of that song. Somebody let me know. What is that song? Anyway, so is it called It's Been a While? <laughs> I think it is. Anyway. Oh, sorry. I'm trying my best not to laugh at myself, but I'm just a happy person and a smiley person. Like, sorry. Because somebody said they don't like that I laugh at myself or I laugh too much. Sorry. Anyway, thank you for coming back. If you are here from season two and season one and have followed me from the beginning. And if you're new here, welcome. That's all I have to say. You'll get to know me for sure. I definitely put my whole self into my episodes. I'm not just here to read off a piece of paper and tell you some creepy stuff that I heard. We're going to be real close, you and I. <laughs> that sounds creepy. Season three. We have made it to season three. I cannot believe this, but we're here. Um. Wow, what to expect this season? Some big things. I have done so much research on my break uh, reached out to a lot of people, still have a lot more people I want to reach out to. So expect a lot more guests on this season, including my episode today, um, my first episode. I have some really cool guests that I can't wait for you guys to get to meet. So stay tuned. There are some really cool topics this season and I'm excited. But just make sure that you uh, follow me on social media. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook groups. Just search Creepy Cheesemith. Instagram's the best place to message me. I will definitely answer within 24 hours. Or you can email me, which I'll eventually get to. <laughs> uh, especially if you have listener stories, email me please at creepychisme for you. That's the number four, Y-O-U at gmail.com. And I will definitely read it. So yeah, make sure you are following me somewhere because <laughs> you don't want to miss out on episode details. I like to post some pictures um, on Instagram from the episode. Now, something that's going to change a little this season are my updates and stories I've recently heard. They will still be on, but I don't want to post like two hour episodes. That's just crazy because it is a little off putting. Like if I see a podcast that's two hours, Unless I truly, truly, truly love them, I probably won't listen or I'll just skim through it. And I don't want that to happen, mi gente. So updates and stories will be on on episodes where I don't have a guest or if I heard like a really juicy one. And I'm sure y'all probably thought that Lore is going to come season three talking about all these UFOs in the sky. And don't get me wrong, your girl has been following it, but... Not this episode, sorry guys. And I have a lot to say about it. So that's for later. We'll save that for later. But I will say, let me get a little closer. I will say, it's not aliens, period. Today's episode is a good one. So for the longest time, I have been researching and looking into Skinwalker Ranch. Yes, 
Skinwalker Ranch, which a lot of you may know from the TV show, <laughs> which, believe it or not, I've not watched yet. I've watched a few, I'm not gonna lie. I've watched a few. And that's okay, because I think that actually helped me outline this uh, episode a little bit better. Later in my episode, when I interview the band Black Resin, you definitely will get to hear all about the show because they're very big fans of the show which helped lead them into the idea of their band name and some of the band songs. So I think that's pretty cool. We've got the whole season to catch up on, mi gente, so I'm not gonna talk your ear off. I want to get right into the creepiness of today's episode. So you know what time it is. It's time to get creepy. So today's episode is about the legends of Skinwalker Ranch. Now, there are many legends of Skinwalker Ranch, many experiences, so much shit has happened there. I've only just touched base on a little bit of it. In order to talk about this, we need to journey to the northeastern part of Utah. I think it's called Unitaw County. It's well known for UFO sightings and creature hotspots since the 50s. And when I say creature, I'm talking Bigfoot. Yeah. <laughs> you know my man Bigfoot. He goes all over the world, okay? So of course he's got to be in Utah. Now, the ranch itself is a 512-acre ranch. That's a lot of fucking land. And it's actually named Sherman Ranch, which I'll get into in a little bit. It's nicknamed Skinwalker after the Navajo legend. Now, the ranch was purchased in 1934 by the Myers family, but then it was bought in 1994 by Terry and Gwen Sherman, who the ranch is still named after. Now, in 1996, it was then purchased by billionaire Robert Bigelow. And then from 2016 to present day, it is now owned by real estate billionaire I think he's a billionaire, Brandon Fugel. Now, the first claims of activity began in 1996 when the Shermans moved in. And as you'll hear, the Shermans left because they claimed that it was unbearable to live there with all the activity that was happening. Now, today, you can't just go walk onto the ranch. There is security all over. I believe they're still working on it. You can't just walk onto the ranch, okay? You might be able to go see the ranch but yeah now the shermans let's talk about the shermans so the shermans again they purchased it in 1994 they were cattle farmers okay so immediately when they move on to the ranch activity is like popping okay so i believe it was terry sherman and his father so they claimed that they saw a large wolf in the distance and the closer that it got the larger it got now the two men watching were around six feet tall and this wolf stood up to their chest when it was on all fours they claimed that it had piercing blue eyes and seemed sort of friendly with them but then it turned and darted towards the cattle nearby so the wolf went for a young calf and the two men started hitting the beast and they claim they didn't really harm it at all. Like it didn't give a shit about them. It just kept attacking the cattle. And Terry claims that he yelled for his son to grab his pistol. 
Now at close range, he claims that he shot the beast, but it did nothing. Not even the noise startled the beast or creature. And after two more shots, still nothing. Now shortly after this beast lets go of the calf, it turns towards the Shermans and stares right at them. Another shot, and yet again, nothing. So Terry tells his son to grab a larger, more powerful rifle that he used for hunting. This did nothing as well. Once again, another shot. But this time, Terry claims that he actually saw flesh fly off the wolf, but the wolf just stood there and stared at him. After this shot, the wolf slowly turned around and walked away. Now the Shermans were in shock, as one would be, and Terry and his son decided to follow the beast, but it began moving away faster and then went off into the trees. Terry wanted this thing dead because it was a threat to the ranch and they're cattle farmers, so that's their money. So he and his son decided that they were going to go into the trees and find the wolf tracks and hunt this creature down. So they follow them for an entire mile and then the tracks just stop. It left them completely stunned. Now that was the start of many canine sightings on the property, but none as physical as this first incident. Now the Shermans also experienced objects that would just disappear. And I'm not just talking about little things. I'm talking about giant heavy farm equipment that would just vanish from where it stood. Now, sometimes they'd find it in another area, but one object was a post digger that weighed about 70 pounds. And Terry, he couldn't find it anywhere on the ranch. But then a few days later, it turned up and you're not going to guess where. It was high up in a tree. A 70-pound machine high up in a tree. Oh, my Lord. So then they began seeing these lights, strange lights being seen throughout the entire property. So these lights most times belong to unidentified crafts from the sky. Yes, I'm talking UFOs. So the Shermans experience these crafts and lights frequently, almost nightly, they claim. On one occasion, Terry and his son noticed lights off in the distance and it looked as though it was a vehicle. So like these bright white headlights and red taillights. So Terry immediately thought someone must have been trespassing. So they head towards the lights and with no sound, the lights slowly moved further away from them. They then began walking at a faster pace towards the lights and then the lights just lifted up into the air. Terry could see the outline of the vehicle describing it as a, as a rectangle shape but they both froze at the sight and the light sped off into the sky. Now Terry knew that something strange was going on on the property. You could just feel it. And he discovers that there was a highly believed indigenous legend about the northern part of his ranch. So he does a little digging, not on the ranch, into information. <laughs> I'm so funny. Anyway, so he does some digging into his property and its history. And he comes upon this indigenous group called the Utes. So the Utes were the indigenous to this land and they claim that part of the land was dangerous. It was cursed. Ooh. So people also told him that the land had a strange connection to skinwalkers. And Terry's like, what the fuck is a skinwalker, right? 
which is what I said the first time I heard about this place. So what is a skinwalker, right? It's claimed that it's a dark entity that many southwestern indigenous tribes believe in. It's used in many of their folklore tales, and a lot of them don't like to talk much about these dark creatures. It's like taboo to talk about. But what is known is that the skinwalkers can use powerful dark magic. And the reason they're so powerful is because they commit these specific rituals that help them gain power. Legend says one ritual includes killing a family member and eating part of their flesh. Most times these creatures are thin, deformed human-like beings when in their natural state. They usually have piercing glowing eyes that most claim can burn right into your soul. They're strong and fast and they work with dark spirits and are known to cause curses on people. They can mind control and drive a person insane. One trait everyone knows about skinwalkers is their ability to shapeshift. Now most times they'll change into an animal such as a wolf or a bear, but really it can be any animal. They can mimic sounds and voices calling out to get your attention. Creepy as shit. Some other things I've heard about skinwalkers is don't acknowledge them. So if you're ever out in the forest somewhere and you hear somebody calling for you or calling for help, just be careful. I'm not saying don't go, but I'm also saying like, don't go. <laughs> I don't know. And then somebody else also told me that if they get your attention, they attach to you and they'll haunt you for the rest of your life. Like they will follow you. And that in itself is terrifying. All right, so back to the Shermans on the farm. So yeah, he just found this all out and he's like, what the hell, I have cursed land, right? Another incident on the farm was during one winter, Terry, who because of all the shit happening on the ranch, was out at night doing a patrol of the property, checking on his cattle, brave soul for sure. And he sees this black craft hovering about 30 feet off the ground. Now, Terry describes that below the craft, it was shining an array of like these colorful lights on the ground. And Terry wanted to know what the craft was doing. So instead of going towards it, he decided to hide so that the craft wouldn't see him. Now, the craft continued this little light show as it quietly hovered around the area. And Terry says he started to cramp from being still in whatever position he was hiding in. So he says that he barely moved, but he needed to stretch his legs. And when he did so, a few bones cracked. And exactly when this happened, it's almost as if the craft heard it because it stopped abruptly and the colors disappeared. The lights went off and it silently flew away. Terry Sherman claims that it seemed as though the mysterious craft was looking for something on the ground. So a few weeks later, his wife, Gwen, was followed by what she described as the same craft when she was driving home. So the craft was flying into the sky as she pulled into the ranch's driveway. Super shaken by the event, she continued looking out the windows to see if the craft would return. About an hour later, she notices the rectangular craft Terry and his son saw before. It was sitting on the property, but this time she could see into the craft. So Gwen says that inside the craft, she saw a being in all black, and it looked to be about seven feet tall. Now the being was standing in a tall doorway that was filled with light, 
And she said that being also had like some type of headgear on what she claims looked like a headset of some sort. Now this sighting scared the crap out of her because the seven foot being was looking right towards her. So she closed all the curtains and made sure all the doors were locked. And early the next morning, she and Terry went out where the craft was said to be. But all they found were these super large footprints. Now besides all the UFO sightings, they would also see quite often these large orange lights. So Terry witnessed this the most, but all members of the family claim they've seen these orange lights. So the lights would appear in the same area, over the cottonwood trees, a mile from the home. And they would move along the tops of the trees, sometimes for hours. No noise came from the lights, almost like an orange orb actually, because they were perfectly round. Sometimes they were a little elongated, like an oval shape. In one sighting of the orange orb, possibly this is my favorite legend I've heard, and I think about this all the time. So in one sighting of the orange orb or light, Terry says he noticed a blue circle in the middle of the object. Using a scope from one of his guns, he decided to take a closer look, and he claims what he saw was blue sky. So it was almost as if there was a hole in the night sky and daylight was behind it. Think about that. Imagine seeing that in the sky. That's insane. Sometimes he'd see these smaller little triangular shaped objects flying out of the orange orb. All of this led him to believe that this was a possible portal of some sort. Now, <laughs> I don't know what y'all believe in, but portals? You can actually look up government official documents from the CIA claiming that portals exist. People have witnessed these portals. It's crazy to think about, right? Insane. It could happen. But yeah, that's one of my favorite legends because like it's the night sky and here's this orange ball of light just floating in the sky and then you take a closer look and you see blue sky in the middle of it. Almost like if you're shining a flashlight at the night sky, which reminds me of the Truman Show. <laughs> you remember that movie? Yeah, insane. So even with all these mysterious happenings, the family was never attacked or hurt in any way. Animals, on the other hand, uh. so a lot of the animals were okay, but that baby calf in the first incident, and then later some things start to happen. So although the Shermans are weirded out at this point, they're not shaking in their boots yet, okay? But eventually, things are going to take a turn for the worst. So the ranch has been pretty safe, but then this happens. So after a huge blizzard subsides, Terry goes out and he checks on his cattle. He realizes that one of the cows is gone. So he starts searching the property and finds tracks heading away from the other cows. He follows the tracks in an open area and then they just stop. He didn't see any predator tracks around there. There was nothing. How could a cow just vanish in an open field? This was one of five different incidents of cows disappearing that winter. By the springtime of 1995, the Shermans were just exhausted. All the strange occurrences, and now they're missing cattle. It was just becoming too much. But it's about to get crazier. 
So cows were now being found around the property completely mutilated. So Terry described it as if someone surgically cut these large animals. But the strangest part was that most of the time, there was no blood around the animal. They had been completely drained. The animal carcass would take way longer than average to decay. And one of the cows was found next to a brown chemical that they had no idea what it could be. Terry claims that the chemical quickly vanished by the time he found something to collect a sample of it. Now, because the cattle are all disappearing, it's becoming a financial burden because they're losing the cows. I think they said that each cow average in 1995 was at least $1,000. So they've lost five in one winter. So over the next few months, many strange things keep happening. It was just never ending. So something new the Shermans experienced were strange noises on and around the ranch. Now the strange sounds seemed to be coming from underground. And Terry claims that he even began to hear voices speaking in an unknown language that came from above him. And these weird holes that were left behind by flying lights or orbs. The holes were about a foot or so deep. Now every time something bad was about to happen, Terry claims that these colored orbs would appear the night before, almost like a warning, but the Shermans never knew what incident was about to occur. On another occasion, Terry says one night, his two dogs chased a blue orb, and as they got closer, the orb flew around the dog as if it were playing with them. But then it flew into the trees and the dogs chase after it. So Terry says he could hear the dogs, but as soon as the blue light was out of sight, he heard the dogs yelp painfully, and then everything was silent and still. The dogs never came back. The next morning, Terry went to look around and found strange burn marks on the ground, close to where he also found the two bodies of the dogs. Now the dogs were left greasy, is what he said, so kind of greasy fur, around their mid-torso area. Now these orbs, when close enough, can be heard to make a sort of an electric current type sound. And Terry said one looked as though it had a clear outer covering with a boiling blue liquid inside of it. The orbs gave onlookers a strong feeling of anxiety. But I mean, if something bad happens every time they show up, how could you not feel anxiety, right? So after the tragic loss of the family dogs, the Shermans made the decision that it was time to leave the ranch. And good for them. <laughs> Terry also decided that this was the perfect time to share their experiences with the public. So they were going to go public. So he reaches out to Zach Van Eyck, who worked for a well-known paper, The Desert News. And on June 29th, 1996, Terry's story gets released to the public. Not every detail was told, but just enough for it to make national news. So Terry didn't want all the attention, he claims. And he thought by bringing this to the public, it would maybe stop whoever was responsible because at this point he's still thinking somebody's playing with them. Somebody is doing this. Um, so he thought that this would maybe get them to stop or something. But that doesn't happen. Onlookers flocked to check out the ranch. I would, I definitely would be up there like driving my ass to Utah from Chicago. 
People wanted to see. They wanted to see what was going on on the ranch. And although it was annoying, the Shermans allowed a select few and some visitors to come witness the mysterious happenings. Now, Terry claims the stranger the person was, the more activity occurred. So if I were to go out there, I'd see some crazy shit. Now, one thing the article did for the Shermans was help sell the property because a week later, a man was interested and purchased the ranch. So a billionaire real estate agent known as Robert Bigelow purchased the ranch. Now, he was super into the supernatural, so... And because he was a billionaire and into sci-fi, he decided he was going to found his own company known as the National Institute for Discovery Science, or better known as NIDS, N-I-D-S. Now, NIDS conducted scientific research on the paranormal. So the ranch is the perfect place for this organization, which is why he was so interested in purchasing. So all these highly intelligent scientists go to study the ranch from 1996 to to 2002. So Terry Sherman, he ends up moving about 20 miles away. He wanted to be part of this study, and I don't blame him. He wanted to know what the fuck is going on on this property because he's seen it all. So Bigelow actually lets Terry Sherman become kind of like the ranch manager since he knew the area, the property. Yeah. So this team of scientists start studying the ranch and they take a look at the mutilated cows, which were still left on the property. They checked out the weird burns that the flooring that the floating orbs left, and it wasn't before long that they had their first scenario. One evening, a bright light hovered for about 10 minutes above a tree line. And then the light flew down into the trees, and after a short time, back up. So they had cameras, so they take photos, but they claim the actual size and brightness can't be really seen in the photos. So, no actual good proof, which is a pattern you'll see throughout and even into the Skinwalker Ranch series. We have all these stories but no actual proof. And in a time where cell phones and cameras and video cameras are huge and everyone uses, there's still no physical evidence. The few scientists that got to experience this display had no explanation of what the light could have been. Now, most of the first experiences were strange lights and these orbs that were still being seen nightly on the property. Six months into their research, they had their first big unexplained occurrence. So about 45 minutes after they tagged a calf, they found it somewhere on the property, dead. So the cow or calf had been mutilated. Now they described the cuts of the animal to have been done with such precision that the cow's organs, blood, and parts of its body were missing. A few days later, they spot this huge creature late one night perched up in a tree. One of the researchers said it had yellow glowing eyes and looked to weigh at least 400 pounds. That's a big ass creature. Now Terry was witness to this incident and claims that he shot at it and the eyes disappeared, but they lost sight of the creature. On another night, they saw the same creature 
and Terry claims he shot at close range, but again, no trace of it left behind. Now, the researchers and Terry Sherman searched for more than two hours and found nothing. All they found were these odd sets of tracks, two sets of oval shapes 20 feet away from each other, and then a set of bird-like prints that had two giant claws. But they couldn't match them to any large bird familiar to the area. So what the hell was hanging out at the ranch? Later, two researchers had experienced with a large blue orb. So they claimed that the orb hovered less than 20 feet from the ground, and then it disappeared. The researchers used night vision binoculars, and one saw a huge black object moving north of the ranch. Now something crazy happens. One of the men claims he was mind-controlled and received messages. The message, quote, We are watching you, end quote. Another man saw nothing, he said. Now, the last incident for them was in late August of 1997. Two researchers said that a yellow light appeared where one of them meditated earlier. Apparently, meditating helped bring on these lights or orb sightings, they claim. Which is kind of weird because a lot of people that meditate feel like this sense of peace, calm when they're done. So, maybe you're more susceptible to seeing things. I don't know. One of them snapped a photo with the infrared binoculars and they noticed that the light was a tunnel, sort of. Now, a big, tall, dark humanoid creature about 400 pounds walked out of this tunnel. Now, the other researcher did not see any of this. Let me explain because I was a little confused when reading this story. So they're both in the same area. The one that meditated is seeing this yellow light. Now they both saw the yellow light, but the one that took the picture and saw the tunnel in the middle of the light with this giant creature coming out of it was the only one to see it. The other one didn't see anything. Now this is a common, like this is common on Skinwalker Ranch where two people will be together or a group of people and only one or two hears or sees something and the others don't. And I think that's kind of weird. <laughs> but it also goes along with when Terry said he felt like when the weirder the person was, the better activity they received. So, I don't know. <laughs> Depends on who you are, I guess, at the ranch. So the light, that yellow light vanished. And they go take a look. And when they got to the area, they both smelled sulfur. One of their machines measured radiation levels at a high rate. By this time, enough had happened that they started mounting cameras around the property. But one day, three cameras were all completely damaged at once. Like they all just went out and then they went to check and they were all damaged. No other cameras facing these damaged ones caught anything suspicious at the time they were damaged. So whatever damaged them was either invisible or I have no idea. <laughs> what else can you say? Now, researchers didn't only study at the ranch. They also went on to talk to neighbors and people in the surrounding areas. And a lot of the neighbors had experienced strange happenings just like the Shermans. 
strange cow disappearances, cow mutilations, strange lights, strange orbs. And don't forget, this area is a hotspot already for UFOs. But I will note, quite a few neighbors did say that Terry and the Sherman family were lying, so they didn't believe them. So 1997 seems to have been the most active for the NIDS team. And after the Yellow Tunnel incident, the activity on the ranch kind of just stopped drastically. In 2002, so little occurred that they actually decided to end the research. In 2004, NIDS broke up and ended. Robert Bigelow, however, has all the research that they made kept confidential. And most of it, minus what I've spoken about, is not known by anybody. Interesting. In 2005, a book came out written by one of the NID scientific researchers called Hunt for the Skinwalker, which is where I got the majority of my research and all these stories. And because of this, an actual scientific researcher coming out and believing in these stories, it catches the government's attention. So the government goes to visit the ranch, and one man claimed to see yellow lights, and he was sold. The government wants in on this ranch research, right? So two government officials start their work, and a government-funded team known as OSAP Advanced Aerospace Weapon Systems Applications Program head out to the ranch. They then contacted a new company to also study on the ranch. BASS, Bigelow Aerospace Advanced Space Studies, UFO and Paranormal Cases. This was huge, and it was funded by the government's Defense Intelligence Agency. $22 million with a, with a team of over 50 from 2008 to 2010. Now, all of this information was kept confidential. Shocker, right? It's the government. There are some rumors, but nothing has been proven. So three men who worked with OSAP wrote a book, Skinwalkers at the Pentagon, where they talk about the odd feelings that the ranch makes you feel. They claim that they experience things on the ranch but they also experience things off the ranch, at home. And in some cases, their family members were affected. They described the ranch as a virus. Now the Shermans packed up and moved far away. <laughs> they were done. And they now refused to speak on anything. In 2016, the ranch sold to a real estate agency led by a man named Brandon Fugel. Now, the ranch was sold under one condition from Bigelow. That research on the ranch must continue. So mysterious and strange things continue on the ranch still today. And in 2020, the show The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch aired on the History Channel. Now, Fugel built a team to conduct research, but they've yet to really catch or build solid evidence of what's happening at the ranch. But enough has occurred to continue their research. Like I said, I've yet to see the show, so I can't really speak on it. And we'll get into a little bit of that later during the interview. The few episodes I did see were full of dramatics and most times a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> so yes, a lot of activity on this ranch. The government got involved. So you know something's happening here. 
Now, most of these stories, especially those that the Shermans experienced, were second party stories. I want to put that out there. The Shermans don't really speak on any of it and have never come out to speak publicly and confirm these stories. The only thing they ever said was that these stories are not fully accurate, but then they don't explain more detail. Now, remember the Myers? They were the first owners that lived there years before the Shermans. Well, they never spoke openly about their experience if they even had one. However, people talk, you know, chisme, and some stories were passed down. Now, it's claimed that the Myers also dealt with odd occurrences, unexplained cow mutilations, strange noises, weird sightings of objects on their ranch, strangers knocking on their doors and then vanishing. Could it be the men in black? Maybe. One ranch employee even claimed he was abducted. Yeah, <laughs> but I found nothing on this. Lots of paranormal stories, ghosts, etc. A man named Garth Myers, a member of the family, said in a book interview that lots of these stories are just not true. The Myers left the ranch because the husband died and eventually the wife went to live in a nursing home or senior living type place. He knows nothing of them needing to get off the property or leaving in a hurry, other than they left because of old age. Robert Bigelow calls Garth Myers a liar. The Myers had to have experienced something on the ranch. It's just way too active for them not to have. But Bigelow is super defensive of the ranch and has lashed out to skeptics many times. One neighbor who knew the Myers said that they were really strange about digging on the property. He said that they believed it was if they dug in certain areas, then bad stuff would happen. So, I don't know. All of these stories, although they may not be fully true, are still interesting. So many people experienced unexplainable happenings while at the ranch. And something has to be happening here, guys. Mutilated cows, orbs and lights all believable. UFOs, skeptics of course, claim that this is all a hoax set up by Terry Sherman, claiming that the only reason Terry put out that story was to sell the property faster, because he was losing livestock to animal predators. Now the problem with this is he took a gamble. If it was a hoax, it could have worked against him. Many claim that Terry would never lie. He was a very honest man. There's no history of him ever being a scandalous liar, but humans suck, so who knows. But what about the lights and the orbs seen by many, including those in the surrounding areas? If you ask me, that's a pretty expensive hoax, and then also really hard to keep up. But the biggest thing is if the Shermans created this hoax, that would mean everyone after him, including the two billionaires that owned the ranch, we're also in on the hoax. And to me, that's just not believable. Skinwalkers, strange creatures, humanoids, UFOs, orbs, lights, paranormal activity, strange noises coming from above, below, anywhere, portals, mutilations. Can this ranch really be so magnetizing that all these unexplainable mysteries can occur here? Will we ever truly know? Many are encaptured by the mysteries of this land, including my guest I have today.
I got the privilege to interview for their first time, actually, a local band. Black Resin. I sat down with Rob, who does vocals and guitar, Ivan, the bassist, and Ron, who plays the drums. I also want to mention their newest member, Frank, who also plays guitar, but unfortunately could not join us. Frank is amazing at guitar, and he's got fabulous hair. <laughs> so again, I'd just like to say thank you to Black Resin for allowing me to come hang out and hear some really good music. Very talented guys, all of them, and I cannot wait to see what the future holds for Black Resin. So before we get into the interview, I just want to explain how I found Black Resin. I was at my cousin Marisa's house one night and as always, sharing creepy information, and I mentioned that I had been doing some research on Skinwalker Ranch. And my cousin's boyfriend, Ron, his face like lit up and he was like, my buddy is all about Skinwalker Ranch, and then told me about the band. So, Ron, thank you for pulling this together. We had some really good conversations, so let's get to it. You guys want to introduce yourself? I'm Ivan. Rob Elliott. I'm Ron. And I also have my cousin Marisa on the back who might be chiming in, too. So let's get into, uh, you guys are in a band, right? Yeah, it's called Black Resin. Black Resin, and what is that? Where'd you get that name from? Actually, Ivan came up with the name, and he had the idea of not completely, but loosely, sort of softly putting the concept of not just the show, Skinwalker Ranch, but the whole narrative behind that, behind the band, behind the songs. And again, we're not a Skinwalker Ranch band, but loosely based on that and using a lot of the theories for the songs. Ron introduced me to Rob. I think I was just talking about Skinwalker Ranch. So I'm not too familiar with Skinwalker Ranch. I've heard of it. I've heard of Skinwalker, the legend, Skinwalkers from the natives. So I kind of went on based off of a few books that were written. Um, not too much of the show. So you guys are big uh, viewers of the show then? Yes. Yeah. You guys watch the show? Okay. Yes. So, see, I haven't gotten into the show. I watched a few. The show deals more like on a scientific basis. Yes. They're yeah. trying to disprove or or figure out what all of this phenomenon that's going on at that ranch is all about, where it's coming from, how it happens. So, it's interesting in that, that from that perspective, the what, scientific investigation. What I really like about it is they kind of take a CSI approach to it and they're using everything up to date all the software all the technology that we have they've, they've hooked it to helicopters they use computer imaging thermal imaging 3d mapping i mean they've got microphones set up at night cameras set up at night and you know the difference between an alien video or phenomena from the 80s 
versus nowadays you can see digitally so much better and they're trying to either disprove or prove what actually is going on let's backtrack a little um ivan let's start with you when did you first learn about skinwalker ranch uh, YouTube. <laughs> I saw an episode on YouTube, and I'm like, "What is this?" So the the show, though, right? Is it the show you found, or just well, the show? Yeah, just the show. I saw an episode of the show. I don't know. I have this interest in UFO extraterrestrial. Like, would be really cool if that shit really happens, but I don't know if it it does or it doesn't, or if it's a government stuff or whatever. But I thought that this show was cool because they're trying to like really investigate this stuff and figure it out. I had never heard of it until Ivan told me about it, but I researched it on YouTube as well first. And the first couple videos that I watched were debunking it, saying, oh, this is a sham. This is just for viewings, get blah, blah, blah for the History Channel, whatever. But then I started watching the show and... At first, I was, and I'm a big skeptic. You know, you tell me it's snowing, I got to look out the window. But I really started like listening to it once. Once you see what they do on the show with the, you know, all the technology and everything, I mean, you can't really deny what's going. I mean, there's something, there's something going on there. Yeah, and you know, whether it's just like the Bermuda Triangle or the weird stuff that goes on in the North and South Pole. Or, you know, things that just can't be explained. You know, it's just, it, it's very interesting to me. And again, like Ivan said, I don't know if it's government. I don't know if it's true or not, but it is a very interesting subject. And it, it just, it's really cool. Whether it's fiction or nonfiction, it's still cool. Yeah. Well, and then just about the time, just a little bit after I started watching the show, is when they started talking about the UAPs and the government finally admitted that they're investigating these phenomenon that they have no idea. So you're both into like UFOs and aliens, obviously. A little bit. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm into whatever is spooky and creates your, you know, whatever in your dark imagination. That's, that's what I, and see in the, on the Skinwalker Ranch, it isn't just about like that stuff. It's about yeah. like a, a whole native American legend that, the one tribe cursed that land and sent a skinwalker to basically haunt that area. And that's interesting, too, because they've said that they've seen things. Some creatures. Yeah. That they can't explain. Yes. I don't know about I, that. I, I believe there's there's UFOs. I really do. I mean, look what's going on right now. You know, they keep saying that they're finding all this evidence of what now we got spy balloons, all this stuff. I mean... Whether whether it's human made, yeah, unidentified flying things. I, mean, I, that I just read something on the news about that where there was some kind of group making these balloons, you know. But I do, I believe there's some alien out there. I think they're really laughing at us. I really do. Have any of you ever seen anything? No. Because the way you guys are talking, yeah, I've see, seen I've seen, stuff. I've seen things, and that's what piqued my interest. Uh. But I've seen some things that I can't explain, and that's what started my interest in all of this weird, creepy aliens, and that's why. The stuff that I've seen was my grandpa passed away, and I lived downstairs from my grandma, and I was downstairs listening to music, and 
something cold went right through my body. And I ran upstairs and my grandma, she's like, he's here, don't worry about it. I'm like, what? Grandpa's here. I'm like, no, no. It just freaked me out. It's totally cold. And then one incident when I was at Marisa's house, I seen this like white orb and her cat Luna. <laughs> she looks and she's like trying to like, what, what is that? What's going on here? You know, and I'm like, oh. she's seen it too. But these guys wanted to just pass it off as like some kind of like, you know, oh, maybe a car went past. I'm like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, that freaked me out. Or bouncing in the hallway. Because she just jumped out out of the bed and just looking and she's looking at me and I'm like I see it too you know I'm like no I, I don't know I didn't know what to think of it like, and, I mean, and like Ivan said Skinwalker Ranch is not just aliens UFOs they do have a lot of paranormal things they can't explain that happen there so yeah so let's talk about the band a little bit so some of the songs you guys wrote the sheriff's lament was one song that I like you want to talk about that song sure okay there's uh I can't remember it's in the first season um but the guys from the show call the sheriff, and I can't remember what. Retired remember? sheriff. The, yeah, he's a retired sheriff, and he had served on the on the fort. I forget the name of the town, and he came and sat down willingly with these people and got on you know national television and is explaining this stuff. Now, a man of the law, I mean, you you've been a sheriff or a cop or military or whatever your whole life i, I kind of have a hard time believing that you're lying or making this shit up just for ratings so he sat there and explained that he was called in the middle of the night by the farmer um the previous owners before they made the show he he went out there and that there were cattle stacked in the barn they weren't dead but they were catatonic the, they weren't actually in a barn. What they were in is like a container, you know, a ship container. Shipment container, yeah. Oh, I thought they no, were in a barn. Ship, ship okay. container that they made uh, into like a little storage place. A, a corral for the cows. Yeah. Okay, yes. And they were stacked inside, there, like jammed in there. Somehow. So, so he tells this story, and he seems like he's having PTSD while he's explaining it. And the people interviewing him are just like, you know, what the hell? And then a couple episodes later, there's a cattle that actually dies on the ranch and none of the predators or insects will touch it. And that's just straight up weird. Yeah. There's got to be a smell or something that the cow is sweating or whatever that repels. So they take the body of the cattle and they leave it outside and it took 10 times longer for it to decompose than normal. Wow. Why in the fuck did that happen? That's right. weird. Even when... And they, and they, there was proof. So they weren't bullshitting. There was proof of that. For that cattle die, no one, none of the other cattle would go in that area. Yep, they wouldn't go near it. It's like they, they had like six cents about it. Wouldn't go fucking near it. I've heard a lot of stories where they find next to... Um, animals that have been what they say like surgically cut but they find these chemicals near their bodies that they do tests on but like where did it come from and why is it there you're talking about in the ground next to them not in the ground like just like just a, like a spill they there's a lot of stories of okay. finding animals with just weird this is not skinwalker this is just 
the cannamine relations. No, so on Skinwalker oh, Ranch. Oh, on Skinwalker. Yeah, on Skinwalker Ranch. Well, see, and the show doesn't just cover that. I mean, they they've they 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 go out there with their um, radiation meters, and they get on that one part of the mesa. I don't remember the whatever it's called, but they get up there and that thing just starts going crazy. They find weird cave paintings from the Indians that used to live there. And it's got all this weird shit and, you know, monsters and beasts drawn on the, you know. And they also did, they found one that fit along, like if you stand a certain way, you can see the constellation in the sky. And they had this weird beast down there. And that's, is that what Walker's yeah, curse the Walker's is? Curse. Okay, yes. Do you, that's one of our songs. Do you want to talk the Walker's Curse? Yeah, that's one of our Okay. Okay. I was going to ask, uh, are, do you, what do you know about skin walkers? Well, not a whole lot. Right. To me, I, I'm the same, yeah. To me, I thought it was a werewolf at first, but, you know, different. I think different cultures and different people call it different things or use it for a term of different things. But according to the Native Americans, a skinwalker is nothing more than what they call a, a, a black shaman. Mm -hmm. Right. Who can take on the form of a beast and yes. do its nastiness right that's what i've heard too that's kind of what i heard too i don't know it you is. know all right so but i find it interesting it is it's an interesting legend and honestly a few natives that i've talked to like they don't even talk about it oh yeah like it's yeah. like taboo you don't talk about it because it brings negative energy or i don't know but yeah like it's like you don't you don't mention it but they do believe in it and i would say that all well, I am. I'm. I'm a skeptic. I have to really like prove it. <laughs> that's that's my thing. But I have I've had weird things like in my life happen to me, and I can't explain it. You know, one time I had a dream. A friend of mine, we were in high school together. His senior year, he moves to Phoenix, Arizona. hadn't seen him in two years. I stay. I'm staying at a friend's house, sleeping on the floor, and I had this nightmare about this guy who moved away and uh, his name was Dan Whiteman and everywhere I went in my dream Dan was after me he was like pale face and his eyes were black I felt like he was trying to to get me to go with him you know I'm like why is this every corner and he just looked like a zombie is what he looked like with black eye white skin it was weird weird and I woke up because he was chasing me I woke up sweating and my buddy who I stayed the night at his house he looks at me he goes what the hell? What's wrong with you, man? And I told him about the dream. He's like, wow, that's crazy. So we went to the beach that day, and we come home, and I walk in my back door, walk up the stairs, open the door, and my mom greets me at the door, and she goes, hey, Ivan, guess what? Guess who called? I'm like, who? Dan Whiteman. I'm like, you asshole to my friend, you know? But this is before cell phones and all that stuff, and we were together the whole day. So I'm like, he didn't say anything to her. So I'm like, you asshole. He's like, dude, I've been with you all day. I didn't say anything. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. That's, you've never had another dream like that? Not since, nope. no. No, because I have a lot of family that have dreams like that, but they have a lot of weird oh, yeah. dream something. And then I do have a lot of weird dreams, but none of it has come true <laughs> like that. How about you? you you've had, you said I have the one. I got the one. Oh, you got to tell them. Yes, no. Okay, so. I honestly have never seriously ever seen anything 
I'm very interested in it. It intrigues me. I don't want the shit killing me or fucking with my boy or anything, but I it, it intrigues me. I like to watch it in movies. I love to write about it in songs. I like to read about it and everything. My mother does seem like she's a little more sensitive to the things that are beyond and everything, and I've heard her tell stories and whatever, and, you know, it's my mom. She's a saint. I love her, but, you know, is her reality different than mine? Of course it is. But the only true thing, and I, I've told the guys about this, I'll tell real quick. I had a really bad fever when I was probably 16 or 17 years old. And I had gone to the hospital, I got the wrong kind of medicine, and we found out I was allergic to it. And then I had to go back to the hospital and then come back home and try and get better. I mean, this is just like really hot, heavy, hot fever. Probably why I hate the hot. That's why I love the cold. <laughs> Anyways, when I, I think when my fever was starting to break, I had this horrible, scary dream that Anubis, the actual dog-faced god from Egypt, and this is before I had seen the Mummy movies. This is before Stargate. I mean, this is back when I was a, you know, and now this interview's dating me. I'm an old man. I was a teenager, and Anubis, and I have no idea why. I mean, really, the only interaction with Anubis or anything Egyptian I had as a kid was either reading about it maybe watching a show or listening to Iron Maiden's Power Slaves, okay? <laughs> I'm laying there in bed in my room at my parents' house as a teenager, sweating and feeling like utter shit, and Anubis stood over me and got right in my face and growled, and it looked like he was about ready to hit me with whatever weapon or whatever he had in his hand, and I woke up. And I was scared shitless, and I called for my ma. That's probably the worst thing that's ever, you know. And since then, I've, I've had nothing. And it's weird. But it did scare the shit out of me as a kid. I'm thinking maybe I was close to death from that sickness. And I would hope that maybe something a little bit better than Anubis is going to come take that's me away, you know. I like. I'm not that bad of a guy, but okay, and I'm not from Egypt, so I don't know what the fuck, but yeah. I mean, maybe in another life? Maybe, maybe. I mean, like, why? I'm thinking, like, why? Why Anubis? Well, I'm white as hell, so I don't know. <laughs> I'm a, I have no idea how I'm related to Egypt, but... <laughs> um. So, yeah, do you guys want to share any of your favorite scenario stories from Skinwalker Ranch? My favorite is where they do the they do this experiment where this uh, Jewish rabbi comes and says some things to like to bless the house. Oh no, not not a house. They were out, and he was just saying this Hebrew chant that they chant to like ward off like spirits or call them. Or I thought they were pushing it off of the house, though. I thought that was well. That happened, okay. right? Okay, but they they had this. It was like an infrared, wasn't it? Or yes, heat heat. Uh, camera or whatever. However, the that predator was, sees the, the thermal imaging. Thermal in yeah, imaging. And they had it focused like out in the field to see if anything came, you know, when he's doing this Hebrew chant or whatever. And he starts to do it. And then the guy's like, hey guys, come look at this. And what happened was Homestead 2, it's yeah. like a 
dilapidated house or whatever they call it homestead two anyways well right where homestead two is all the heat that was there just went and there was a big black hole right where this house was at they call it homestead two it almost was like he was calling something and it was trying to come or whatever it was weird i was like wow what the hell <laughs> yeah infrared is a uh, pretty interesting a lot of paranormal investigators use it and i mean if you see a silhouette of a human why is it there i, I don't know it's it's crazy yeah um, i like the episode with the helicopter oh that like i kept saying something was underneath the helicopter they were climbing certain heights and the guy kept reporting something is going on there's it's saying you could hear it beeping and everything it's saying that there's something underneath the helicopter and there was nothing there now i don't know that could have been for tv ratings but i don't know you're a little bit of a skeptic yeah that, that kind of <laughs> was like oh, man, i mean if these instruments are going off i mean you know might be something there you know? and i think that's probably why i don't care for the show because I'm, uh, I need to see it. Like you can talk about it, but I need to see some. Like I need to see something. But I do like the stories. Well, and and I feel the same way as you because Ivan asked me to start watching the show, and at first I felt like I was like, man, I don't know, this is bullshit. Blah 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 blah. This is for ratings. But when you see all the experiments that they do, it's it's not just, oh. I saw something on thermal imaging. Oh, I saw orb, blah, blah, blah. I mean, they actually go out there, with, and, and they have a good budget. The guy that owns the ranch lets them have whatever they he's need. He's a billionaire. Yes. Yeah. Just yeah. doesn't like him. I think he's a real estate okay. agent. And, well, and it's, not, it's, it, it's not like he's trying to do a circus show. Well, He tells them to try and figure this out. I, I saw another show, like, just not too long ago, like a month and a half ago. Where he is a billionaire, right? Right. He has, he's very successful. And something struck me odd about one thing that he said. He says, I want to have the best haunted house in the United States. I saw a documentary with him and he said this. Yes. Is his name Brendan? Isn't it Brendan? We have his name yes. in there. But, um, so I was like, is, it, he's, is he putting all of us on with this Skinwalker Ranch? You know well, what I mean? Okay, so here, so here, here's the thing that, that, okay, it could be the Brendan show and whatever. But the, the, the big point is it was happening before he owned the place. True. But I was just going to Okay. Think. The sheriff, like that I spoke about earlier, the sheriff was there way before any of that he was there way before brendan and the scientist team and everything and it's changed hands like three or four different times in the history books and all of the families that lived there had problems with the livestock problems with the house problems with the kids and weird shit going on well there was a, a scientific team uh they were a government part of nids yeah nids yeah Robert Bigelow, who was a billionaire, was like in charge of this thing, funded a lot of it. Plus, he got funding from the government. But oh, they, yes. They yes, did. I remember now. This was before this other guy owned it. Yes. And they did all kinds of experiments. And they actually had one of the um, people who worked for him at security that came and talked about that beast who there was a, he saw a beast. And like, he looked like, he said it looked like a wolf, but. Not a wolf. 
Yes. He was standing by the fence. Right? He kind of growled at me and then took yeah. off. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, the book that I kind of went off on is two scientists, government officials, that were part of that team. So what happened was when that team gave up the ranch because they claimed nothing happened, these two guys came on and were like, no, this is what happened. So they tell the stories of like seeing skinwalkers, a lot of orbs. There was one story I never forget um, about seeing a portal in the sky. Oh, yeah, the portal. Do they talk about that on the show? Well, and that's that's kind of what we want our album cover to be or our band logo you know we're still working on this stuff and it's just we got to get it perfect and everyone's reality is different yeah everyone sees things you can look at the same screw in wood and everyone sees it different so you take all of that in consideration i have to agree with i have to agree with ron i i love the one where they're flying around what they call the triangle and we've we've based a song about that that's the finger tapping one um that's that's where they have no fucking reason and you can see it on camera there's no reason for the elevation sensor that they have to be going off the way it is yeah okay you could script something for television and yada 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 but they show guys on the ground filming there's a camera outside of the helicopter. There's a camera inside the helicopter. And what made it real to me was is that the pilot was scared. And he's not part of the crew. All he does is bring people back and forth. That's right. like, He doesn't give a shit about the show. He doesn't give a shit. He's not on the payroll. He might be on Brendan's payroll, but he's not part of the show. He's not there for a fucking circus. He's there just to fly people out. And he got scared. And he said, I'm taking it down. I don't like this. Now, it might be the earth being magnetic. It might be that there was a chemical or something in the air that was setting the sensor off. But the fact that they couldn't explain it with 2022, which or was it 21 or 21 or 22 technology. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we, we've solved Bermuda's Triangle. We, we've solved a lot of mysteries that have haunted humanity forever now, but they can't figure that one out. Explain that to me. To go off of what one of you said about the owner, Brendan, with the haunted house thing. I'll be right back. I need a goddamn beer. <laughs> All right. uh, he, he did mention the haunted house thing, but like, I think uh, because they did a whole interview with this guy and he's really into sci-fi. And I think being a billionaire, because if I had a billion dollars and I knew this place has something going on, I'd buy it too, you know? And I think that's where he is. He's throwing all this money into it because he has the money. <laughs> but uh, I think he might be a skeptic too, but he, hey, if you're into it, why not, right? And pay these people to do research there. Yeah, it's a it's definitely an interesting place. I definitely think something is going on, whether it's the land paranormal, because I do believe in the paranormal, but aliens, I'm not so sure. <laughs> but they have seen like a lot of orbs on there. I don't know. Again, like I don't watch the show, so I don't know what they talk about on this show. Isn't it hard to think, though, that if there's another planet in another solar system that revolves around a star that has water, moisture, plant life. That there wouldn't be, I mean, who knows 
what they look like. They may be lizard people. They may be fucking beetle people. They may be whatever. Isn't it kind Definitely. of... I mean... Definitely. We don't know a 15 million thousandth about the expanded universe. We only know what we know and from the Hubble telescope and the space shuttle and what we've seen on Mars and the moon landing, which is real. It's not fake. So quit fucking with me. I do. I do believe in aliens um, to piggyback off of what you just said, but I'm a believer that aliens are already here. We don't know what's in the ocean. I really think they live in the ocean uh, because the UFO I saw came out of the lake. Came Which out lake? The lake, Lake like, Michigan. So it's a freshwater alien. I don't know. That's I just... nasty. Pick a goddamn You need some axe or some soap. Well, actually, <laughs> what's funny is I had a uh, a friend, a guy I was in a band with, right? And he was he was in the Navy, and he told me that when he was on the aircraft carrier in the Navy, he saw a spacecraft leave from the ship. Like, it was on the ship, and then it left. Like, underneath it? Like, in a hangar, gone. On a naval ship? Naval ship, yes. Why would the captain of that ship hide that much from the whole crew? I have no idea, but that's what he said. And I was like, okay. You sure it wasn't a stealth? No, I don't know. He said it was a space you're right. You're right. They do combine air force on naval UFOs, and they try tracking it, and this thing flew away from them. They can't keep up. Yeah, and then our government was like, "No." No, but he said it was on the ship, like in a hangar, and then I was like, "Wow, it's crazy." So he was almost he was almost saying it like it was part of the navy, like they were doing something with it. I don't know. Like we said, for a while though. Like like we said earlier, I think they they laugh at us. I think they're just way too high intelligence. Like they look at us and if there are, they look at us and they're just like, we don't have time for that. Like I do think they come to Earth for something, whether it's water, or don't tell Rob that because he thinks he's super smart. <laughs> whether it's water or energy from <laughs> they go into the, the mountains. <laughs> Rob's like. I think my son's an alien because all he wants to do is go to fucking Portillo's. Hold! I also heard that Chihuahuas are aliens. They look like aliens. I swear, I heard that. That they're not. Do you watch a lot of YouTube channels about like haunted cemeteries, haunted houses? My listeners know YouTube is my favorite. When I find a story or hear a story I like, I definitely go into YouTube. But I also look on the skeptic side because I like to hear both sides. Right. But yeah, why? Oh, I just, I just wondered. I just wondered what you know, what all you're into. My life is watching true crime. For anything horror documentaries, horror movies, like that's my life. Have you ever right. listened to any Art Bell interviews? Art Bell? Art Bell. Okay, I'll read it. Look then. it up. Yeah. Art Bell. Uh, he's got a show called Midnight in the Desert. But he's he's passed away, but it, this was like in the 90s he had this show. And he talked about all this stuff. Not just alien stuff, but like past lives, uh, demonic possession, you know, all different kinds of things like that. Okay. It would be an interview. Yeah. Art Bell. Art Bell. Go look yep. that up for sure. So anybody who listens to this podcast, check Art Bell out too. All right. He's yeah. no longer with us, but I enjoyed his shows. And if you guys want to 
see um just get on facebook and type in black resin we don't have any music up but we were we're almost there we're we got 10 songs done and we're still in the creation process but we will be recording soon i'll you're, definitely post that for you guys so don't worry yeah your your host got the us today so. yes and it was pretty good they know i like um rock metal all of that i also like black metal but i really liked it i really enjoyed it and the singer was pretty great. Can't wait to hear him sing some more. Why, thank you, ma'am. <laughs> Why, thank you. <laughs> I actually enjoyed that. Okay? You reminded me of Captain Spaulding. Are you a fan? <laughs> um, in the in the in the first movie, yes. In the, in the House of a Thousand That's Corpses, yes. The other ones, no, I don't care for the other ones, okay. but I do like that one, the first. And you were doing, I don't mean like you in general, like I meant when you were doing that, like right. that's who popped in my head. Right. <laughs> On the topic though, horror movies, you guys like horror movies? Oh jeez, that's all I care about. I mean, I'm wearing a Life Force shirt for I fuck's sakes, but I've been into horror ever since I was a kid. Not me, right? I was yeah, the biggest chicken. chicken. <laughs> biggest chicken. Ivan likes the classic Oh, monster man. movies okay he's a big fan of the frankenstein the dracula the creature from lagoon the wolfman you know the old school ones the mummy the ones that scared the shit out of me are the demon ones yes i agree like exorcist I yeah can't watch that movie i can't like, watch those what about exorcism of emily rose nope no. that's ruined my life i fucking love that movie <laughs> really? it's scary but i love it do you know I... the real story I don't. It's pretty similar to the movie. Really? Yeah. And it was an actual case. I don't in think court? it was a. Yeah. Yeah. It was a real okay. Case. So they just Hollywoodized it a yeah. bit to whatever. The thing with. Now, the, the one scary part is when the bitch is laying on the floor and she is all like. We'll see the actress. Catatonic. But yeah. Well, yeah. Jennifer. Scary. Jennifer Carpenter is amazing because yeah. she was in quarantine and she was in something else I can't remember. But. And I used to think she was John Carpenter's daughter, but she's not. But she is an amazing actress. But ever since Emily Rose, no matter what movie it is, I can't. Right. Unsee that. Yeah. Right. She did phenomenal in that movie enough to scare me away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The Conjuring 3, I think, is based on a real exorcism. Yes. And I listened to an interview with the priest that did the exorcism. Did you ever listen to the tapes? No. Don't. And he said, <laughs> what's funny is the priest said, he says, you know, all of the stuff that the demon is saying while I'm doing the ritual of exorcism, he goes, we're trained to just not pay attention to. It. He says, we're just trained to do the ritual because all that demon is trying to get your focus off of the ritual. All that stuff, he's like, I'm not even paying attention to any of that stuff. Now, possession, I don't know what I feel about possession, but I do, again, skeptic. I like to look at the scientific side, but there really is no answer. Well, and that's I... that's a thing. The, the, the priest that was talking about this said that the Catholic Church actually has, like, a rigorous, like, you have to go through to a psychologist. Oh, yeah. There's all kinds of different things that they don't just go, you're getting an exorcism because we think they have to know. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about the standard protocol that you yeah, do yeah. before you realize you know, it's not schizophrenia, it's right. not a mental illness. You make sure that it's not mentally, someone trying to get mental health wise are okay. 
I mean, I could jack off and dance on the wall and call demonic names. It doesn't mean I'm possessed. Right. You have to actually prove that yeah. you're actually, yes. You guys know about that, the one house in Gary that had yeah. that? Yeah. Now that one, the doctors and the nurses came out and gave their, like, they what they saw. And hearing them, these professionals, I was like, whoa. I used to work for DCS. Oh, okay. And that story exists. Yes, That's it a does. Story. I'm like, oh story. my god, no. The 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 caseworker that went there is the one that really was like freaked out by all of that. Yeah. Documented. Oh my god. And honestly, like my listeners love hearing stories about demons possession, but I there's something about when I do stories like that and I research because I work in a basement, so <laughs> I I can't I. Uh, weird things start happening when i do those episodes and i'm not scared like i'm not scared and i'm like oh i hear this just it's weird things start to happen that i so i kind of try to stay away from it every once in a while i'll give them an episode but uh you work in a basement i live in a basement <laughs> <laughs> yes i work in a basement. i am a basement you are <laughs> <laughs> ronnie you how about you you like horror movies yeah but i don't have a favor or anything like that I like more more than more comedy than like comedy horror. I mean, I don't know because I'm with Marisa and she laughs at everything that's going. She does. She's weird. <laughs> she's weird. Took it from me. Okay, I get all <laughs> and she's laughing. I'm like, <laughs> that's how she deals with her. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, when we went to that haunted, I was we about to, to say when we went to the haunted house, she was just laughing the whole time. Like I was crying. And Ron was like this. He was like, oh. Oh, I did. I got, I got stumped a couple times, and she's laughing. <laughs> you know, in my like those haunted houses. The worst part, not seeing the people with the chainsaw after you and everything. The worst part for me is if it's a dark room and I cannot see, and stuff yes. is touching me. I'm like, ah, the hell, can't stand it. Been to me in one area. It was some kind of I don't know. They were intestines. Yeah. And I thought someone was grabbing me, but I got tangled up in it. And he's pushing. I'm like, I thought they were supposed to touch me. <laughs> I'm like, this ain't cool. <laughs> it was fun, though. Well, yeah, I did. I, I get scared with that, but, you know, what's my name says? She just starts laughing. So I'm like, okay, that's not scary. <laughs> so with, with our band, Black yeah. Resin, we're going to, I think I would like to touch on a lot of this stuff, you know, as far as write songs about it and stuff. And I think, we do a good job of putting the creep factor in our music. Yes, yes. There was the one that sounds like walking in a haunted house, right? <laughs> yeah, I think the whole idea behind your band is amazing. Yeah, you can make so many songs off of so many things, not just skip oh, walk yeah. branch. Yeah. yeah, so that's pretty cool. So yeah, we can find you on Facebook, and I'll repost that for everybody. Anything else you guys want to say? I think we'll save that for the next time. Okay, when the album comes out, right? Yes. All right, thank you for joining me, guys. Gracias. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Thanks. I really enjoyed talking to the guys. And again, thanks for taking the time to join me, fellas. I hope you all enjoyed hearing about their thoughts on the ranch and what's going on there. After we finished the interview, they continued sharing some paranormal experiences as we were walking out the door. So, guys, I hope you'll join me again in the future. And remember, mi gente, if you have a creepy story or experience, we want to hear it. So message me or email me at creepychisme for you at gmail.com. I will tag it in the show notes. Find me on Instagram, 
Facebook groups, or TikTok. Be sure to join the 12,000 others who enjoy my short, creepy stories on TikTok. Still can't believe that shit. <laughs> 12k of you, like little old me. Y'all are in for a wild ride on Creepy Cheesemit Season 3. 3 is my lucky number, so it's gonna be a good one. Once again, I'm Lore. Thanks for hanging out with me, and as always, gracias por escuchar y nos vemos pronto. Creepy Cheesemit is created for entertainment purposes only. Thanks for listening, and don't forget, stay creepy and spread the chisme. Adios, mi gente.